Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? Kel Strauss and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday, everybody. Spooky season may be over, but uh, we do have to face the boogeyman on Sunday at 3 in Lambeau. Hey! So who better to talk to us about this and maybe make us less scared um, than Kevin KT Turner? What up, my my guy? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I, I am. I feel like a lot of people have been um, not believing me when I when I say that you shouldn't fear the boogeyman anymore. <laughs> it just feels like that Cowboys Nation has some severe PTSD. Although I'm not sure that it's shared in the locker room because, like, a lot of these guys are so much younger. Like, we're at the age, y'all, which I I I need to really stop doing this. Like I said this earlier on my other show. I was like. I talk about my age. I talk about my love life like way too much on these podcasts. But um, I feel like we have officially like aged out of the locker room and for the most part. And so a lot of these guys are younger and like they're not familiar with the catch or the lack thereof catch or at least they're not scarred by it by it. Like, you know, us, whether you're in the media and have to feel these questions every single time these teams play each other or you just have to look at Aaron Rodgers and be like, Damn you. <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of geezers now. I can't believe it. That was almost 10 years ago um, when the Dez Cottit game happened. And yeah. that was over five years ago when Aaron Rodgers did boogeyman stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's very strange. I, I think um, I was talking to um, our all of our mutual friend Jeff Cavanaugh about this, and even he was fearing the boogeyman too. And I just think everyone uh, should just go ahead and get ready for the Vikings. Okay. And let's uh, keep keep worrying about getting Odell Beckham in here and all the all the fun stuff. Don't 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 be scared of the Packers right now. I They're actually, about to quit. I need to know why because listen, on paper this should be a win for the Cowboys. That the Green Bay Packers are pretty decimated. Um, they're three and six. You've got Aaron Rodgers on the injury report with the thumb. You know, I don't know if that's to save face because he played like complete garbage uh, last week. And he's like, I'm injured. Like goes and like stubs his finger into the wall. He's like, well, damn guys. Like I'm really hurt. Like that's why. But I mean, talk to me, like, why are you so confident? And again, like this is coming from a perspective of like, you cover the Cowboys for your job, but you are a Packers fan. So like this takes a decent amount for you to come to the table and be like, it ain't happened this year for the big cheese. 
Yeah, and sometimes people will do this thing where because they're talking about their team, they're like so close to it that they come off more negative about their team. Um, and I'm not doing that at all. Like I'm being very uh, measured and rational. I'm glad you mentioned the thumb. I want to do that before I forget that. So the Packers were three and one, but the wins were very like oh, it was the Bears and it, it wasn't like really good wins, but they were three and one. And then they went to London to do the Europe game with the um, the Giants. And the Packers were beating them really well in the first half. And then the second half, the Giants came back. And weirdly, the Packers tried to do a Hail Mary that was 75 yards. And I really don't think Aaron Rodgers could have even got it to the end zone. But on that play, he took a really clean hit and hurt his thumb. Mm-hmm. So it was like a kind of a play that maybe doesn't matter. And it has affected him a lot, but he's been pretty good except for last week against the Lions, which is funny because when the Cowboys don't play and it's a bye week, you get a chance to maybe watch the next week's opponent and everyone gets to see Aaron Rodgers' worst game of all time. So put that all together, it's like a five-game losing streak for the Packers. And almost as – I was thinking about this from the Cowboys' perspective, maybe you wanted the Packers to win last week so they're not super desperate. But I think there's some quit happening. I think there's a little give up happening because they're not going to catch the Vikings in the the, uh, division. And everyone's hurt. I think yesterday they had 17 people on the injury report. They had a few guys off of it today. But it's bad. And they don't have uh, their bye week until, I think, another month. I mean, they have a late bye week again. So there's nobody to throw the ball to. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is dealing with. He's angry because he doesn't have anyone to throw to and he doesn't know how harsh he can be on these guys because he can just shatter their confidence. And it's a weird, I would imagine I'm not a parent, but I would imagine it's that weird disciplinary tactic of, well, I have to be hard on this person, but I also don't want this person to hate me. And I think he just doesn't know what to do and he doesn't have any weapons. I actually feel bad for Aaron Rodgers and, uh, I know that's a no one does that, but he doesn't have he has XFL guys to throw to. It's not a good team. So, yeah. yeah, I was looking at the injury report and it's like a freaking manifesto. Like it literally is. It's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever, ever seen an injury report that long. Like it was egregious. It was alarming. And yeah, like per your point, you turn around. Like is is Aaron Rodgers like has he like. I just, I look at like some of the guys that he has to throw to. And it's like you said, it's very like XFL, but then on the flip side, like, I I guess like, do you devalue him at all as a quarterback for not being able to elevate guys with his level of play? Or do you feel like that's not even fair because you're literally like, you're not even asking the man to turn lemons into lemonade. You're asking him to like take cranberries and make pumpkin pie. That's the weirdest analogy I've ever made in my entire life. Whatever. No, no, I'm, I'm actually following it. Strangely. Um, I, I, I actually, I, I, I do a little bit because you should, but I think there's, my question is, is he checking out a run place? Cause they are good. You know, they do run the ball pretty well. And I'm wondering if he's checking out a run place to try to do it himself because he's feeling all this added pressure. And then, I mean, look, the drops are real guys are dropping the ball and, it ultimately comes down to this. I think there's some similarities in what's going on with, with Aaron Rodgers and kind of what's going on with LeBron James in a way, which is weird. But the Lakers are two and nine, and he made this bet. He traded off all these guys. Now, Rodgers is not the one making the moves, but Devontae Adams would have been here if Aaron Rodgers hadn't been doing this I might retire bit for three years. 
Devontae Adams gets along fine with Aaron Rodgers, but he was like, well, I'm not going to sign a long-term deal and stay in Green Bay, and then Jordan Love is my quarterback because they all know Jordan Love can't play. No offense, Jordan Love fans out there. Yeah. Like, he's, he's just not, you know, it's probably not going to work out. So, like, Aaron, Devontae Adams had to be traded, and Devontae Adams, like, did, called for that, not because he didn't like Aaron, because he doesn't want to deal with, you know, long-term in Green Bay and being all cold when Aaron's not there. So he's gone, and they don't really get anything back, and the league wouldn't let him get Darren Waller back from uh, Las Vegas for it. So they draft a, a wide receiver in the second round, Christian Watson. He actually is off the injury report and will play, and they haven't figured out a way to use him. They use him the way the Cowboys use Turpin. You know, it's a lot of behind-the-line-of-scrimmage stuff. And on the first pass of the season, Aaron Rodgers hit him wide open and he dropped it and he was in the doghouse for about a month and he gets hurt a lot. And the other guy, Romeo Dobbs, has been okay. He's had some drops, but he sprained his ankle the first play of the Detroit game. But like Randall Cobb was a guy they were counting on. We all love Randall Cobb. We all know that he is not going to play a full season. It's just what it is. Alan Lazard is the best thing that Alan Lazard is good at is blocking. It's fine, number three or four wide receiver. He is a Noah Brown type of guy. And you can get by it for little stretches, and they haven't – they just haven't figured it out. Sammy Watkins is always hurt. The, the way I've been kind of putting this up is, like, imagine the Cowboys playing without Micah, as the Packers lost for Sean Gary, without Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb, um, without – well, we're already doing this without tyrants. So I don't think I have to go down that road. Let's say without um let's see who's our second quarterback. Yeah, we'll say without uh without Anthony Brown. Just throw that out there and just kind of get to that. Like just okay, without Vander Esch as well. Okay, so you start it just adds up and you're like, okay, well, we're probably not gonna win. We have too many guys hurt. Right. And that's what it is. They're not good. I couldn't believe the line was five points. Like I thought this was gonna be like a 10 point favorite thing for the Cowboys. They're gonna kill them. I mean, when you put it like that, it sounds really nice to me. <laughs> I mean, but you did mention, you know, there are two running backs that you have to worry about. And, you know, the Cowboys aren't amazing at defending the run game. Um, when you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to deal with, how do you feel like the defense fares against those guys? I think they'll be fine. And I think the Packers have been a little too stubborn to stick to that. Um, and it's it's not like the Packers have been like one of the league's elite runners, like um, Tony Pollard. So like they've been really good. And Aaron Jones is awesome. And he, Aaron Jones always plays well against the Cowboys. So there's something, there's something there. And if there is one part of the Cowboys defense, you could kind of pick at, you know, like you said, it's, it is stopping the run, but I don't think the Packers are going to be disciplined enough to stick with it because whatever is, and I don't know this um, for sure because I'm not out there. I, there is tension between Rodgers and Lafleur right now. I think they get along fine. I don't think it's near as bad as it was with McCarthy at the end of their run because that was bad. Um, I want everyone in your free time this holiday season <laughs> to go watch 2018. The Packers were three and nine, and they played the Cardinals. And if uh, if you want to see a quarterback getting his coach fired. Watch what Aaron Rodgers did to Mike McCarthy that game. I mean, he just checked out of every situation and checked into bad plays on purpose and got him fired. I truly believe that. Um, 
And that's fine because McCarthy's offense at that time, he needed to be fired. Like, so that's fine. Like, and, and McCarthy's having a great year this year so far, like keeping this team afloat. I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm all over the map there on the run game though. I love it. Here's how the Cowboys <laughs> lose this game. The, the Cowboys lose this game by not giving the ball to Tony Pollard. It's just, it's ridiculous. And you guys have all seen the stats. It's like they're getting like five yards per carry right now. Like they have one of the the worst rushing defenses. They got a couple linebackers out. Like the odds are definitely stacked against the Packers when it comes to facing this backfield. But we're not even sure Zeke is going to be back. And it sounds like it doesn't even matter to you in your opinion. You're like Pollard's enough. Like he's proven that he can he can go ahead and gash a team like this single handedly. I think so. And you know what's interesting about the Tony Pollard thing is I I do think we should live in a world where we can talk about Tony Pollard without it meaning anything about how we talk about Zeke. Like Zeke can get the ball. No one is saying Zeke shouldn't get the ball. They're just saying Tony should get it more because the numbers show that he should. It's funny because the Bears are dealing with the same thing. Like Khalil Herbert deserves to get the ball, but David Montgomery still gets a bunch of carries. And it's like, it's fine. They could both, they're both good running backs. One of them, though, over, well, a multiple year sample size has proven they deserve it. I mean, the number one stat for me, and thanks to the Cowboys for sending out game release notes. I mean, every team does it. So it's not like that makes them special, but love to see it. But it's the uh, yards after contact uh, rushing. And you think about everything people have said about Tony Pollard over the years and what he is and, what Zeke is, it's like, no, he's the number one running back in yards after he's touched. And he's behind Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. So give him the ball. That's it's that's the way you lose it. And by fumbling and by penalties. And if weirdly Dak plays bad, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Like they're gonna have to do they're literally going to have to shoot themselves in the foot. Someone's foot will have to be shot for them to lose. That's the only way. No shooting. Packers are so bad. I, I I guess I need to ask you, though, because I do think it's interesting. Like, I feel like there's only one other quarterback that is on the level across the board in many in many senses of the phrase as, as Aaron Rodgers, and that's Tom Brady. And you look at, like, the way that they interact with their head coach, and it's almost like – uh, it's very, it's a fascinating psychological like picture, if you will, where I don't, I almost feels like the quarterback, like is big, it, it is bigger than the head coach. And he almost like talks down, like he's the boss. It kind of feels like that at times. Whereas like the typical demeanor is like head coach is the boss in charge. And it feels like, you know, like kind of what you mentioned Watching what Aaron Rodgers did in 2018, Mike McCarthy, do you feel like he's doing that right now with Matt LaFleur? Like last game was so egregiously bad. And you're like, on your worst day, like you could have an arm cut off and I would not expect this performance from you. Like what is happening? I, so it looks like that. But the one thing I know is Aaron Rodgers is never accountable uh, you know, about anything. So anything he's done, it's really he will find a way to make it about someone else. Yeah. And hey, that's Love fine. Like I know people who I know people who have played for them who've played for McCarthy and who have played with Aaron Rodgers, and they like them both, right? But with the floor, they've really gotten along well. Three straight years of 13 wins. Really can't really pull it together. But one thing I keep going back to that I, I'll never forget is the year it was Packers, Bucks, and the 
championship game, and they had a fourth and goal from the eight, and they elected to kick a field goal rather than put it in Aaron Rodgers' hands and let him try to win it. And there's one part where I think McCarthy and Rodgers fell apart was the 2014 NFC Championship game in Seattle. With four minutes left, they said, hand it off to Eddie Lacy three times instead of letting Rodgers try to win it. And it's almost like you do one thing to him, he puts it back here in the back of his head, and he never forgets it. Like, I don't know, draft night? When Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers in 2005, and they chose Alex Smith number one, and he fell to 22. And he keeps mentioning, there's an article in The Athletic um, the other day where he was talking about McCarthy, and they had uh, they've definitely made amends for anything that was tense five years ago. But he does mention in that article, well, the Packers drafted my replacement. And it's like, dude, they didn't. If they drafted your replacement, the replacement would be playing. Yeah, you your been place. through this. Like this same thing happened to you, and they chose you over Brett Favre. They would have done it. They didn't. They don't want the replacement. They want you. So stop being a baby. He is just it's one he's of insane. That like I know why people make the like the Tom Brady and um, Rogers like comparisons, but to me they're like completely not comparable in any way because one guy is like a team mentality guy and he's like, and he's won seven times. <laughs> no offense, KT, yeah. but Aaron Aaron doesn't have that. No, and he's dying to get that second yeah. one because there's something about two that just I don't know, man. Romo would hear this conversation and just roll his eyes. Like, but there's something about two that just, I guess, sets you apart from the rest. I, I, I really don't know. Like, dude, you've got one. Like, it, it's fine. It's look. He he wants to win. I truly do think his teammates like him. I think we see. He's just he's just odd. It's, it's hard to it's hard to even explain it because it's it's fine and it works for the most part. It's I mean I doubt these guys all love Tom Brady. But yeah. one thing Tom Brady is, and this is where – now it's going to be strange. I'm bringing Russell Wilson into this. But this oh. one kind of reminds me of Dak. Because there was a podcast that Richard Sherman was doing with Marshawn Lynch, and they were joking around about having to go through Russell Wilson's agent or manager to even get in touch with Russell. I promise you, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak, those guys, you, you their teammates can text them, and yeah. they can talk about things. I promise that's where Russell Wilson kind of ended up gone. So that's uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird that we got there, but I, I, I think I think where do y'all stand on like Mike McCarthy? Because I have I have major McCarthy problems that have been somewhat alleviated this year, but I have major McCarthy problems. But he's probably your coach of the year so far this year. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Megan, I'll let you go first. (laughs) She'll have a more spirited answer than me. I've been an outspoken um, McCarthy hater. Um, It has... This year has uh, made me change my tune, like, and rightly so. I mean, he's done a lot better. It's almost as if he read his, like, mentions or something on Twitter. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you would ask me last year, it's just, like, I don't think that he commands a locker room. I don't think he focuses enough, like, or, like, gives them enough time, like, as a coach. This year, I would say that that's something that I've noticed is different. what, what are your kind of thoughts on that, QT? Well, so I knew maybe too much about him when he got hired. And I'm always like in the boat of, well, if you're the most lucrative sports franchise on planet Earth, then you should have the best things at all times. Not not just the best facilities. <laughs> like, uh, let's get, you know, there's no salary cap on coaches. And I thought it was just like a strange thing because one thing about Mike McCarthy that I would say, and it might be why him and Aaron Rodgers actually – got along so well for a long time and then had such a harsh breakup is because I don't find him to be the most accountable guy ever. Yeah. Um, I've seen very few like low things than the playoff loss last year where he went and trashed the referees when that happened in that game. And then like, that was also one of Dak's slowest moments, you know, because he kind of, did that? And I know people use the line like he embodies his head coach, and maybe he does. It has been great this year. Like I thought the season was over. So for Cooper Rush to do what he did, Cooper Rush should get a lot of credit there. Mike That's- McCarthy, I think I just think of the NFL is like now you should have you should be able to measure out the things that you see that a coach gives you. And you can with Sean McVay, even though it's bad for them this year, and you can with Matt LaFleur, even though it's bad for them this year, but you can with Kyle Shanahan. And you can listen to these guys. With Mike McCarthy, he's not adding any. Like, Kellen runs the offense. I don't know how McCar- how much McCarthy's involved. I'm sure he's involved a little bit, but I don't know how much. And it's weird. We have to just assume that there's behind-the-scenes things that he's doing that we can see. We've seen the clock management multiple times be trash. You say that about a lot of coaches, but we've seen that. So, like, my, my problem about McCarthy is just, like, I don't know what you bring us, but whatever you're doing this year, if you if, if it's a hands off thing, then just keep keep your hands off. Then fine. Maybe <laughs> I, he's a bad cook. Let someone else do it. You know. Honest, honestly, like I I actually don't hate the conversation around like coach of the year. It sounds it, it does sound aggressive. Like I would almost go to like Mike McDaniel, like just like see like what some of those guys yeah. have done. But but with McCarthy, 
I think you almost get into like a philosophical argument when you talk about if he deserves that or not, because like you said, I don't know if there's a ton of awareness and I think he purposely keeps it that way, like nebulous around like what his like tactical day to day is. And then, so you can look at like a CEO of a company where the stock is like going crazy and they're doing so well. And it's like, do you give credit to the CEO who, you know, you could have a CEO that spends his days on the golf course, but he's still yeah. the guy that gets, or the, he or she, uh, still the person that gets, you know, the right people in the building to do this kick-ass job. Like how much value is in that versus someone who's like in the weeds, like doing the whole thing. Like, I don't know, like that's up to you to decide. I, I did have a moment because in January after they lost to the 49ers, I was about as down on him as I could be because I just thought it was trash to go blame that game on the refs when your team had however many penalties. Like, it was a bunch. And very few of them you could look at it and go, well, that was just a, you know, this is rigged. No, it was like, no, these are all penalties. Your team committed. But I did like when Jerry would not commit to him after that game that he called up Rich Eisen and said, I'm going to go down fighting. And he did that interview with Rich Eisen and talked about Sean Payton and Dan Quinn. And it really put the Cowboys in a weird spot. And I actually liked that he did that because think about McCarthy. McCarthy, there is no owner for the Packers. I'm one of them. Like, um, you know, there's, there's, there's the GM does not do interviews. The trade deadline, their GM was not made available to the media. Wow. Like the, the coach has to talk in Green Bay. So he handled all that. So every narrative was the way he wanted it to be. And here it ain't like that. And it's interesting to see how he kind of handles things. But you should get credit for any time your backup quarterback wins. I just think some people look at like his overall winning percentage and, and do those things. And I, I think some of that stuff, we've learned too much about what Bill Belichick is without Tom Brady. Heck, what Mike Tomlin is without Ben Roethlisberger. With, uh, I mean, I've, look at all these examples of guys who lose their legacy quarterbacks, have bad years. Quarterbacks get you wins in this league. Well, and, that's why Pete Carroll is an interesting one, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, you lose I your don't even, lose your guy Russell Wilson, and you have Geno Smith, and we're we're I'm, balling. I'm so confused I'm, about well, the Seahawks. Geno Smith. So, no, someone traded their soul. I'm fully convinced. <laughs> like, you can't tell me otherwise. Geno like, Smith having a resurgence in his career. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like some something is fishy here. You're not telling me the entire truth. Like, there's witchcraft. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. I, I found one thing. This was last. Oh, this was earlier this week. I found one thing because I'm still, uh, I think I paid a little closer attention to the Seahawks and Giants. Was it two weeks ago? Uh, I watched that game and I it did not feel like I was watching a real NFL football game. I was like, these are two bad teams with good records. That's what this is. And I found it on Monday. The Seahawks are one of the luckiest teams in the league when it comes to fumbles that I've ever seen. They have forced 16 fumbles. And John Mashoda, our good friend, he liked to make the joke. It's because we emphasized we're going to get fumbles. Um, but he got 16 fumbles. They've recovered 15 of the 16 forced fumbles. That is amazing. Like, usually teams just by luck just fall on their own fumble. So they've recovered 15 of 16 fumbles they've forced. And I think the record is 30 from the 2010 Giants. So, you know, it's sustainable for that team. So, but they're not, come on, they're not good. But it might be like some people, 
not believing me when I say the Packers are bad. The Packers are so bad. This is like garbage. Not don't even want to watch him play anymore. Bad. It's terrible. <laughs> like yeah, you and Lil Wayne both. <laughs> but you know, I said you and you know, Lil Wayne both. Oh, but oh, he oh Lil Wayne. Yeah, he said R.I.P. to the season. We should have gotten rid of twelve before the season. Hot take. That sounds like my dad. I'm like, Dad, we don't want Jordan Love, man. I love you, but we've I mean, when when Brett Favre was doing that uh was a late two thousands, you know, Aaron Rodgers did something that Jordan Love hasn't done. He played good in the preseason and in the regular season when he got a chance to play. And Jordan Love doesn't do that. Like he doesn't play well, not even in the preseason. But you know, um the only thing I'll say that. I, I totally I told everyone that I know bet the house on the Cowboys five point with the lines five, even yeah. if it's five and a half, it doesn't matter. Bet the house on the Cowboys. But 35 degrees, yeah. time changes. Yeah. It's a little colder. Outdoor the boogeyman field. comes out at night. Here he comes. And he's gonna throw it to an XFL guy. You seriously shouldn't worry about it. Like, no offense to the XFL. <laughs> whatever they're doing it's not it's, so it's just not sustainable they're not good all right so if that's your take um where are you at in terms of like like how bad is this going to be with the cowboys defense i mean i i personally am most excited again like this feels weird as a person that you know considers himself a cowboys fan to be as hype on the defense as i am like, do you feel like it's going to be the defense that exploits, you know, their offense more and these XFL guys? Or do you feel like it's going to be the other side of the ball where the run game is just going to completely gash them? Like, who are you putting more pressure on to just seal the deal, Kellen or DQ? Uh, I really, really DQ. But it's, it's just a it's a bad combination right now for the Packers. Their their offense is otherworldly bad, and the Cowboys' defense is otherworldly good. And that's just a crash course. It's the Monday Night Football helmets crashing into each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except when this one, when they hit the Cowboys' helmet, just will get two times bigger in size, and the Packers' <laughs> helmet will go away completely. It's just, and the Packers' defense was supposed to be really good. And the idea was that they might run the ball a little more this year and do some of that ball control stuff just to kind of help out as the offense finds its footing. And the defense does a lot of talking, but they haven't been great. So, you know, Jair Alexander is good, and he can get an interception that can swing a game. You know, he he's an ex excellent player. Losing Rashawn Gary was really brutal, and it was an ACL knowing that you're not going to get him back. I – it's going to be some serious magic to see the Packers even be motivated for this one. I really, I mean, I think it's done. When you lose to the Lions, it's the lowest of the low. The lowest of the low. It's so sad. God, I can't, nine points. Is that what it was? Like, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Like what? So, okay. So if, if you just are like, they have this in the bag. Like, is this even like a moral victory for Mike McCarthy? Would this even be a moral victory for like Cowboys Nation? Because again, like there's just like this vehement hatred between these two teams from a fan base perspective. But then again, obviously the history that McCarthy has, like 
are you just like, listen, this ain't it. Like you're, you're battling the shell of a human right now. Like, sure. Like thumbs up, but like, we're not that proud of you. Yeah, no. So I'm glad you asked that because it is a thing and I get it. Like it's a historical rivalry and and Fox can't wait to promote the America's game of the week, even though, you know, I kind of want to see what the Colts and Raiders, I think the Colts (laughs) game could be a bit of a circus this week. I kind of interested in that. Um, It's a great way to describe it. (laughs) So um, one thing that when you look back to Cowboys and Packers, let's say uh, since we've all been covering the team, right? So t- yeah. 10 years plus, right? Oh, when geez. you look back at those games, most of those years, the Packers had a better team. Um, we can debate 2014 and 2016, those playoff games. We can debate those games, of course, but most of those games that the Packers have won, the Packers had the better team. Um, if you go back a little further than that, the Cowboys often had a better team than the Packers. So I almost – don't know that there should be look it's tough when it's like emotional and it's the jared cook play rogers didn't really beat you in 2014 like you had them the packers didn't stop you it's really that demarco murray fumble like it so to me it's outside of that jared cook thing that we keep going back to that one play it's not like he's like the cowboys are his number one opponent to play against i mean he carves up a lot of teams so uh, I think for, for McCarthy, though, this is highly personal. It has to be. It has to be. That's why he was crying in the in the press conference the other day. Not crying. He was got, got emotional in the press conference. The other day. This this means a lot, but it, it's it definitely would mean more if the Packers were six and two and they were six and two. The game that I'm really more interested in, and I really just hope Kellen has been game planning for the Vikings all week because game planning for the Packers is a waste of time. You don't even have to do that. Um, it's the Vikings next week or seven and one because I think the Eagles are going to start losing games. And I think the Cowboys need to start getting in this, you know, let's go get home field advantage mode. I mean, the look at the Cowboys schedule. I, this is, this has got a chance to be something big here. And another thing is that locker room is apparently, and I don't cover it uh, anymore. Like, uh, like I used to I was talking to my buddy, Michelle the other day. And it was just a little note. He was just like, KT, I'm telling you, they think they're all getting Odell Beckham. You know, like they're all excited. They all think this is happening. They all feel like this is special. And that is, it does kind of feel different, right? Just, I, mean, I, I don't know. We said that last year. At the yeah, time. I, know. <laughs> but, I say it every year, man. Like, I feel like I'm the most pessimistic that I've ever been this, this season. Cause like, I'll go in and fully convince myself, like, but I'll like have like legit like logic on paper. I'm like this with X Y Z like why we should get it, why we should do it. And now I'm like, all right. So now I need, do I need to be making plans for Rihanna? Like what's happening? Because like I will, I'll do it. Like yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> but it's halftime of the uh, the Eagles game. I was like, okay, they've got to keep proving it. And then they like played really great in the second half against the Eagles. And I'm like, oh the Cowboys know that they can just go crush the Eagles. They're not scared of them at all. And you look at the schedule and there's not like any like great wins. I guess I would qualify Cooper rush over the Bengals as a great win, but this is to me a lot like the bears and the lions. So if you beat the Packers, what do you know about the team? I know nothing because it's like beating the bears and the lions. Right. It's the, it's the Vikings game next week where I think we really learned something about them. And hey, keep a sharp eye on the schedule because in three weeks, the Colts and the Cowboys. 
Yes. Jeff Saturday, baby. Cannot wait for that. God, I've never been excited for a game that I was uh, could not be less excited for going into the season. And I have totally changed gears. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm about to watch, but like I'm about to make so much popcorn. You don't even know. <laughs> this is going to be insane. Uh, I'm glad the Colts game starts at 3.05, so we'll at least get 20 minutes to focus in on that on Sunday. It's going to be – got to switch back and forth a little bit. That's so. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. They're doing tr- only trick plays. Every down <laughs> is a flea flicker. Yes. I would love that so much. Oh, oh, so let's get – just because I, you know, in the spirit of gambling, because we can do this on this podcast, what's the um, – what are you setting your your final score at? Because you know, like, if someone wants to do a little a, a little wagering against this weekend's not match. in Texas, but anywhere else. Yeah. Well, before I tell you, you should know that I'm six and two on the year so far, which uh, I'm told is a winning record. Um, Cowboys thirty eight, Packers ten. Yeehaw! Seriously. All right. Um, I mean, I don't hate it by any means. Trust me when I say that. Yeah, I'll and, have a day it, if that happens. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be. Uh, I, well, I think it's gonna be like that. You know, our buddy Mashoda, just because I do a podcast with him, and he had twenty four to fourteen Cowboys, so he's less enthusiastic. He's a little skeptical. And for anybody that's listening. Uh, who thinks, oh, you're just being uh, a downtrodden Packers fan because they're so bad. Just go watch last week's game and then get back to me. Like, yeah. just watch them. Talk watch them very closely. I recommend. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's um, it's actually a good time if you are a Cowboys fan and you want to have a little healing. It's pretty enjoyable, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, all right, KT, you're the greatest of all time. You already knew that, though. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Um, you got a lot of fun stuff going on right now that I'd love for you to just tell the world about so that, you know, they can keep hanging out with you outside of GTV. Oh, my God. So much fun. Um, so uh, we started a, a new radio station uh, a month ago called uh, Amazing The Freak. Yeah. Uh, 97 won The Freak. And uh, for those uh, uh, who like to use the phones to listen, um, the iHeartRadio app is where you can find that. And our show is called The Speakeasy. It's me. It's Jeff Cavanaugh, who I worked with at 105.3 The Fan back in the day. Uh, Julie Dobbs is with us. And, uh, yeah, we just um, uh, do a lot of Cowboys talk and things like that, of course. But we're 7 to 11 a.m., so we're wacky morning show people. Um, but also we talk about uh, a lot of cool local things in the Metroplex, national stories. I like to do a lot of Hollywood gossip stuff. Oh, I can't get you enough. You should have Megan on. She's great for that. Yeah. Yeah, we need uh, T Meg Z on. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, I know too much. Uh, I feel that way sometimes too, and I feel like Jeff and Julie don't know enough uh, when it comes to Hollywood gossip. Sometimes they're like, "I don't know what you're talking about," and I'm like, "Hey, this Olivia Wilde Harry Styles story is nuts. It's insane." <laughs> it's giving too. It's so great. Like uh, she yes. the dressing, the salad dressing on her instagram story and i about like threw my phone across the room so lost already like i am a her like this is why i'm friends with meg though because i could just like she'll just like text articles to this group chat and she's like oh my god or like tick it's not even articles it's like tiktoks or like a screenshot of something on like some instagram story and she's like the tea is piping and i was fully unaware that it happened 
you and Dave, I'm like, let me explain to you why it's piping. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Like God bless her. <laughs> no, it, it's great. And honestly, I'm a big um, defender of Olivia Wilde. She's just out there making a really good movie. Don't worry, darling. And everyone's hating on her. Movie's great. Harry's great in the movie. Everyone needs to leave him alone. It sounds like, you know, sounds like their relationships weren't intermingling. I'm just saying, let's not act like they broke any relationship laws here. They were, you know, Olivia and Jason were staying together for the kids through COVID, you know, but they could have separated and called it off. But yeah, I don't think they they broke any rules there. So let's just uh, keep that in mind here. I think we should listen to what the nanny said. She was the only one in that relationship taking care of the kids. Did sound like the parents <laughs> were just kind of going off to work and doing their own thing. Honestly, I the only thing I have to add to this conversation is that I sent Olivia Wilde 16 pairs of boots for her mm-hmm. uh, press tour and uh, love her. I don't think she wore like one of them. It made me really sad. <laughs> and I was oh, like, no, I know. I was like really feeling rejected. I was like, How do I size? can she send them back? Yeah. Uh, literally I actually, she did send them back her stylist did. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go cry in the closet now. It's totally fine. But, um, yeah. Anyways, that's my story. Uh, yeah. You're also, um, outside of being on, uh, the freak, you also have your athletic podcast too, that you are still, very heavily involved and it's a great listen it's one of my consistent listens i have to say oh thank you i appreciate that and that's really kent garrison our good friend and john mashota who really hold that down um i jump in every once in a while just to help actually i do it every time but uh, we lean on Uh, we lean on father john uh (laughs) sad yusuf as well uh he is great and he covers the stars for the athletic as well and we all know sad and love sad because he's he's uh, such an awesome dude but yeah, uh, it was weird in our last episode that I would encourage everyone to check out. We had this really big, fun uh, discussion like we just did here, you know, kind of talking about some of the bones about the Packers. But at the end of it, John, because he had a heart out, he had somewhere he had to go. I didn't know. I was like, he, he had to go somewhere. And he goes, it was just a quick Odell Beckham thing. And I went, hmm, well. <laughs> well. And it was just more than you would get out of serious journalistic John Mashota, right? Yeah. Right there at the end. He just had a quick little note. And I think we yeah. all just went, whoa. So yeah, keep so, an eye on that. Let's go. That's happening. I hope it's happening. I really need it to happen because like bring on the chaos. I'm here for it. Oh, yes, absolutely. They, we could use it. And you know what? It's uh, it's hard to say this without being me. I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, but it's like Odell Beckham, James Washington. I'm just what's Odell Beckham, let's try that first. Uh, you know, if Jay Washington's back, great. He can play too. It's fine. Uh, we <laughs> should try that. But um, oh yeah, the podcast is called About Them Cowboys. I, yeah. should, I should say that. And and, and uh, if Twitter's still real now, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm at KT Fun Tweets, and uh, I like to, uh, to talk to everyone. So if you want to holler at me, I I love to interact and talk football with people. It's fun. We all love football. Yeah, you're the greatest. Well, um, thank you again for joining us. We always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the Blog and the Boys podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. Also, check out all of KT's work. He just told you all about it. It's phenomenal, per usual. You guys know this. Give him a follow on Twitter. Come hang out with Meg and I on social media as well. You can find me on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. And I'm also on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And Megan is. 
at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, in the spirit of our closing statement, I need to make sure that those of you who ordered Dallas Forever Philly Forever shirts are aware that they should be at your homes come Thanksgiving, which I feel is very fitting to be wearing your Philly Forever shirt while you eat a bird. So you're welcome for that situation that we are putting into your household. But in light of that, Megan, please leave the people with what they need to hear. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Birds are not real. Birds are not real. Bye, guys. <laughs>